way home. The man made his way down a crowded street. This man's soul was so heavy that it sagged into the pavement. His feet were heavy like bricks and sore from toe to heel. He had been dreaming the day through. He thought of his child. He thought of his wife on his way home. He passed all sorts of men and women on that crowded sidewalk, but not seeing their faces, not wanting to. Soon he would arrive home and climb the stair to his apartment, up and up, and his soul would scrape every step. He was hopeful, where he could smell beans and rice cooking on the stove. He was very tired and very hungry. But then he could hear the voice full of song dancing in the air, faint and sweet. He paused before opening the door. He took a deep breath and then stepped into the tiny apartment. He would then slump into a small couch and exhale then looking over to his wife, gazing at her, thinking of her as he had been the whole day through, but seeing her now and how everything was the same. Suddenly a small boy would emerge from the other room, run to him and climb into the man's lap, embracing him around the neck. The man called, Walter Lee inhaled while holding his son tightly. Then he looked at the rug and then to his wife and said, Seems like God didn't see fit to give the black man nothing but dreams. But he did give us children to make the dreams seem worthwhile. The wife turned around, looking into her husband's face. Walking towards him, she reached out her hand, then touching the top of Walter's head and gently holding him close. A loving embrace, a portrait of love, a portrait of people. About Walter Lee Younger Sr. He is the patriarch of the family. He is the most significant character in the film, but he's not in the film, only in spirit. He's already dead and buried some years when the story begins. 
We know that he was a black man. He was a laborer. He had a wife. He had a son, a daughter that he left behind and some money that he worked and worked and then he died. A sum of $10,000 for his life's work, for his life's worth. So the family must find out what to do with this $10,000, which is quite a bit of money in that day. Walter Lee, the dead man's son, wants to use the money to invest into a liquor store because that's the only way he knows how to prosper to go about making it big for providing for his family. He's quite the idealist. Lena, the dead man's widow, she has different plans. She doesn't believe in liquor stores. She's very old school, traditional. Your grandma. And this mother and son will both contend over who will lead the family and what will be their future, not realizing that they have the same idea. There is Ruth, Walter Lee Jr.'s wife. She is in need of love. That's all I'm gonna say. And Benita, Walter's sister, is young, independent, a college student, you know, typical. And she is promised a portion of the money to go towards medical school. Then there's Travis, Walter and Ruth's son. He's about 10 or 11. And just a kid living in a family who has his own set of dreams and aspirations. But we don't know those. But what's significant about Travis is that he is a part of every dream of each adult in his family household. He's a part of the dream of his parents, his grandmother, his aunt, all together. Because Travis is the future. Travis is the dream itself. The dream of moving onward. Getting a second chance. Getting a new home. Going to school, earning an education, and not having to work to death. And maybe someday, be seen as a man, a human being, a person with some worth. And it's crazy, this story shows a real, a very real view of people, ordinary people, who are not that much different from you. And they really don't see that each of them have a dream in common. They have the same dream. They want to leave their tired rat trap, as Ruth put it. The apartment that they live in itself is old and small. Everything about it is undesirable. But really is symbolic of the feeling they each hated, feeling stifled by the world they live in and stuck in the past. In today's episode, I interview my mom who introduced this film to me. And since I've seen it with her, this film has been a favorite for both of us. And 
the reason why the 1961 A in the Sun is so meaningful is because we both um, connect somehow to the characters and the plot and the story itself. And so this is what we discussed in today's episode. So you're going to hear my mom's opinion on a lot of things and um, how she views the world. And I enjoyed this this interview because it's just me and my mom talking and who doesn't love to talk to their mom so without further ado enjoy first of all why did you let us see the movie as young as we were I think we watched it when I was maybe 11 and this movie is very serious so why did you think if you can remember back why did you think this movie was so important that we would see it? Just a perspective of um, the value of a person's life and how mm-hmm. it affects others. Mm-hmm. Like when the dad passed away mm-hmm. and they was waiting, the, the son was waiting on that money mm-hmm. and how he would change everything. He thought mm-hmm. his plan to change everything by that money got from his father's mm-hmm. um, insurance from mm-hmm. him passing away mm-hmm. and how everything revolved around that whether Mm -hmm. the girl went to school or not but the Mm -hmm. mom was quite content Mm -hmm. she's like we're gonna make it work whether we get the money or not right so i think especially being a black family Mm -hmm. how much we put uh value on education Mm -hmm. because the mom was like ain't nothing touching that money Mm -hmm. you know the education part Mm -hmm. and just um the family dynamics i think it was powerful Mm -hmm. you know how the mom just um she just was the rock of the family. Yeah, the backbone. And she just still, um, what is it, blossom even in the midst of something tragic. Mm-hmm. She still overcame, mm-hmm. and she was continually overcoming, even in the midst of her kids' bad decisions and all mm-hmm. that. She just was like, to me, just the strength of a black woman mm-hmm. was just like the resiliency, mm-hmm. you know, lost her husband. Mm-hmm. Her son tripping, her mm-hmm. her daughter-in-law is confused, her daughter is wacky. Yes. <laughs> you know, but she's still like, there's somebody I want to emulate. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to be strong like that mm-hmm. as a woman mm-hmm. for my family, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that, though, how much... The impact of yeah. her character. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something to say about tragedy Mm -hmm. you know the people who you hang around influence you Mm -hmm. um we see that impact in this family Mm -hmm. you know walter lee making a decision Mm -hmm. for one thing going Mm -hmm. into business with drinking Mm -hmm. having a club where there's Mm -hmm. um there's booze and all that Mm -hmm. number one flag Mm -hmm. i mean what sense is that Mm -hmm. that degrades any family Mm -hmm. you know a club where you allow people to drink they go home just destroy their lives Mm -hmm. Number one flag. Mm-hmm. So you giving your money. Mm-hmm. Mom didn't notice giving that money over mm-hmm. to this loser. Mm-hmm. And this loser had planned all the time to take not only Willie's money, mm-hmm. but no, Walter's money, Walter's yeah, money yeah, yeah. but Bobo and all of He takes yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah. So Walter and Willie is mm-hmm. without. Mm-hmm. So Bobo. Yeah, Bobo yeah, does yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like. <laughs> what in the world? Why would you 
it knowing then, yeah why but and the mom finds out mm-hmm. i mean that 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 is the apex of the movie. Oh my gosh! When she discovers mm-hmm. her son, she's gives very her money. calm about it. Yeah, at beginning. first. Yeah, and you're like, oh. and then it clicks because yeah. she's thinking Benita's money is gone. She she won't be able to go to school. He said, "I never." He tells her that he never went to the bank to give the you liar. Mm-hmm. So he lied mm-hmm. and did what he wanted to, mm-hmm. lost the money, mm-hmm. and then the mom just breaks, mm-hmm. and it's such a riveting moment. Yeah, where he's like, "Willie, and then, and then Ruth said, Lena, she's no, like, she's like, oh, don't kill him. Oh, God. Like, he's that. like, Willie, Willie. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and like, it's a madhouse. You can feel the, yeah, the, um, what is it? The chaos. Everything just falls apart. Mm-hmm. You could feel her mm-hmm. desperation. You yeah. could feel his like, I am so sorry. Yeah. I oh my I like, did yeah. the anger mm-hmm. with him. Cause mm-hmm. when he slaps him, he's like, Yeah, Tell me, man. Yeah, he's beating his own face. Maybe friend. he went and he didn't even know. <laughs> Maybe you were late. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were late to the right, train station. Right. Maybe and you didn't meet him. Right, right. It was like, he was no. in denial. He was going through all, all kinds of because yeah. he's like the money was thrown away. My, you know, this my whole family, mm-hmm. I was basing this on my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about me. This was my family. Mm-hmm. So that was like pretty. Insane. Insane. Yeah. Woo. Whenever I see that, I just get like, oh my Chills. goodness. Yeah. Because yeah. the acting is so dynamic. But then you kind of forget that they are acting. It's yeah. Like, this is really happening to this pe- mm-hmm. to these people. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Right. And right. uh, but that's where it comes to, which I was going to ask you favorite lines in the film, because I think my favorite line after watching it again, I always like when I, I mean, it's horrible. But the line that says uh, probably one of the more pr- powerful lines in the movie is right at that moment, because Walter Lee says, don't you know that that money's made out of my father's flesh? Mm-hmm. That's like, ah, like. He's right. Mm-hmm. That was terrifying. That mm-hmm. man died. Mm-hmm. He was a laborer and he worked himself to death mm-hmm. to carry his family so that they could live. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for anything but $10,000. Exactly. And that's crazy. That was. Like, is that what my life is worth? Right. And right. it's so many, so much is in that statement. And it's like, that's why they mm-hmm. freak out like they do. Cause that money was thrown away. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're left thinking, why would somebody do, do that? Right. It's like, you idiot. Yeah. And it shows how evil Willie and his, his both of his friends, Willie and Bobo mm-hmm. were to see that they had an opportunity. And that's just like today. Mm-hmm. People, exactly. Take advantage of you mm-hmm. um, when you have opportunity. It's like you have opportunity, and it, there can be a positive outcome, and a it could be benefit. But if you let people be, become a parasite on you and mm-hmm. suck the life exactly, out of you, they would do it. They would take that moment. So don't let them do it. Don't <laughs> let what them you do. do. Be wise. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so my favorite line would be, I guess, when um, Benita says. 
Mom, I thought you taught us to despise anybody who would get on her knees. And she said, but I also taught you to love. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I taught you to love him. Right. Now, I think that right there is like, mm-hmm. okay, no matter what he did, mm-hmm. you know, like she said, until you walk through the hills and the valleys that you, you don't understand what a person mm-hmm. went through. Mm-hmm. You know, have you prayed for that boy? Right. You know, right. she said, you know, okay, he lost the money. Okay. Yeah. Have you prayed for him? Mm-hmm. Do you know what it's taken for him to get to this point? Mm-hmm. You have no, you all about how it's affecting you. Yeah. But he has the shoulders. He, he's carrying on his shoulders, the family. Mm-hmm. Look at what he's going through. Mm-hmm. So I love that when mm-hmm. she, her her perspective still outweighs, yep. you know, her son transgression. Mm-hmm. It's she still hope she's even like, though she was angry, yeah, and just totally it obliterated the right. whole goal and the of their dreams right. all together and just threw it away. But right. she still is like, he's still my family. I right. still love him. Right. It's just uh, we're gonna have to get through this. Exactly. Man. So she, I, I love that because she mm-hmm. put it in perspective still. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like we can move on from this, but mm-hmm. you need to see him through the eyes of love, mm-hmm. not your own. Oh, he messed everything up for right. me. But that was probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a very impactful scene in this movie in the in the story that has to do with um, faith. Um, and Benita, the sister, she's in her 20s or maybe in her early 20s. And she is very determined and a go-getter. She's very much a modern woman, modern black woman. And she is trying to become a doctor. That is her her ambition, her dream for her life. Um, but she has a very different ex- life experience and goal from what her mother has had. But her mother is a stay-at-home. She cleans people's houses, and she does a very uh, working-class role for the 60s and before that, her whole life probably, since she probably since she was a young girl. So they have different life experiences. But she was raised to believe, or at least what we know, she has a very strong faith in God. So we assume she's a like a Christian woman, a very like kind of stereotypical, but that is what she is about. So the clashing comes in this scene is when Benita, the new black woman, clashes with the old black woman. And it's all because it comes down to the faith. Now, this is a mother and daughter dynamic, but Benita disrespects her mother by saying God had nothing to do with her getting her dreams. And what happens in that scene? Tell us about. She get checked. <laughs> she gets smacked. Yes. A very, the taste woo. smacked out of her mouth. Woo. Because it was very disrespectful. She said, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be go out and be moral, you immoral, know, be immoral yeah. and, and do all crazy. I just don't believe God has anything to do with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, she said, I raised y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all went to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. That was you know, that was their thing. Mm-hmm. But for her to say that to her mom. That, Knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, had college or America influenced her that much mm-hmm. in her thinking and her schooling mm-hmm. that she could do anything without God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that type of assimilation in that time. Yeah. That we could be strong. We can 
feminism and all mm-hmm. that stuff is yeah. without God, mm-hmm. you know, so it does, you know, um, wind itself in with the teaching of that day, mm-hmm. which your mom was like, no, you would say in my mother's house, there, there is, is still, still God. God. Yeah, yeah. And she said it. Mm-hmm. And she said it. And she knew that she shouldn't, but she got to, she, she was up on her high horse. Yeah. And she, she got thought knocked she was down. better, really. She got knocked down. Yeah. And I'm like, and I love that scene because mm-hmm. she's like, look, I don't care what you've been taught. I don't yeah. care where you think you're going in life. Yeah. But God is essential mm-hmm. all in all. Yeah. So yeah. as for me and my house, yeah. we going to serve the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't care what you think, girl. And mm-hmm. I think that's the perspective when you have kids in your house. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to come under the leadership of that, mm-hmm. you know, of the parents. Mm-hmm. And it's very traditional mm-hmm. kind of setup. But mm-hmm. for some people, they would see that. What would you say to the people who would see that scene and go... Uh, that was too harsh or you're, you know, you're shoving your faith down, you know, you're forcing your children to believe in something that they don't. So how does that work? Well, I just say that's ludicrous (laughs) because of course you, we are as Christians, Mm -hmm. we are responsible as parents Mm -hmm. to demonstrate Mm -hmm. and emulate Christ in a home. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we also have to remember Mm -hmm. that our kids are not ours, Mm -hmm. you know? So they may have different ideas. They may have different ideas. Mm -hmm. She said it herself that she did not believe it. Mm -hmm. She's like, I, she said, I have nothing against it, Mm -hmm. but I just don't want to give it. Cause I, why do we have to attribute all the advances, advancements and and progression that Mm -hmm. is out of man's own stubborn effort? And there simply is no God. There's only man and he makes miracles. And those those are big, like for black audiences or people who were raised in that traditional setting, black or white, whomever, mm-hmm. and someone saying something like that in that household, that, that was black. Depending on, yeah, depending on how, you know, seriously, how strong the faith is for the parent. That that's an insult, mm-hmm. and some people can see that as like, oh, you're bringing a curse on our family. Why would you say something mm-hmm. like that? Like mm-hmm. that sounds hateful. Mm-hmm. Well, where's your gratefulness? You mm-hmm. sound like a jerk. Right. That's like, what. Where where is that coming mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. We never taught you that. Yeah. So. But that definitely, probably, I'm thinking that comes from her education, her mm-hmm. being go, going to college and hearing mm-hmm. different views, mm-hmm. different world perspectives, mm-hmm. and that's what the world teaches or her school the progressive thinking mm-hmm. is that it's no longer about faith and having that be your drive for your dreams and goals. And mm-hmm. it's not needed anymore because mm-hmm. we have already made it. Right. We We've don't need God. We have power. Right. Yeah. We, we don't need all that. And that's mm-hmm. no different from today. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that's going on today. Kids mm-hmm. raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. They go off to college they lose their mind. And suddenly there is a different, yeah. It's like, well, mm-hmm. but the parents got to also remember, mm-hmm. you know, Everyone must come to Christ alone. Yeah. You know, so your influence on that child, Mm -hmm. you know, is still there, but Mm -hmm. they have to choose for themselves. Mm -hmm. But while they're under your roof, they Mm -hmm. still have to be respectful. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mind what, you know, went in wrong. Mm -hmm. Because if she wanted to, you know, pursue her and it's, it's good because in the, I mean, we see in the film that they still get along mm-hmm. and that there's no love lost in mm-hmm. it. It was just a moment she needed to be corrected mm-hmm. because that was 
they're already in a desperate hour. Oh, <laughs> they're yeah. already feeling, you know, down. They're already struggling mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. Everyone is going through it. And so to have someone really just declaring that I have no hope and that that is what Lena hears when mm-hmm. she says that. And it's like Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But because she is the backbone, that is her, the source of her strength. Exactly. And how that fuels the entire family. Mm-hmm. But Anitha does not see that. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm, I'm going to do what I got to do. And and I'm going to live my life how I would like it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that would be fine if you don't live in your mama's house. But mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. So that was a very impactful scene Mm -hmm. and some people may not look at that the same way and go oh my gosh Mm -hmm. what well that's hateful that's awful that she did that and it's like no you don't understand the family you don't understand the context of where the the story is coming from Mm -hmm. and it's a very real i mean a lot of families go through that Mm -hmm. and the differences but you still can be family Mm -hmm. so and not agree i mean even i look at ruth yeah, in the midst of that, how she was saying, "Oh, look at her talking all yeah. stuff." She's like, "She, yeah. look, you, you better check her." Yeah. you know, yeah. and just even Ruth's story in this, she yes. had aspirations. Yes, she wanted to get. She felt trapped. Mm-hmm. She wanted to get out of there, mm-hmm. and she called she, it the rat trap. Yeah, and it's like, very, and that was very mm-hmm. offensive to mm-hmm. her. Yeah, you know, her mother in law. Right. But Ruth, even being a young woman that got mm-hmm. a family, mm-hmm. she wanted something Her more. son, she's thinking about her yeah. son. And then her other baby, she's got on, on the way. Right. And she's scared. She, she's definitely scared. Because she like, does not feel supported. And exactly. she isn't supported by Mr. Walter Lee. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so Mr. she feels like she has to she's alone. get rid of the baby, mm-hmm. which Lena sees, oh, no, we don't do that. We mm-hmm. give life. Mm-hmm. We don't take it. Right, right. You know, so. But she's not, Ruth is not thinking of, Mm-mm. I'm I'm sure she understands that she knows that, mm-hmm. but she's in a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. And because there is no money, there mm-hmm. is no room. She feels closed in. She does. She's not hopeful about having another Nothing. child. No. And so she goes. She goes. She puts a down payment on getting a, an abortion. Mm-hmm. So in killing her child, so that right. she, so they can just get by. Right. Because there's no money. Right. But right. that ten thousand dollars. That's what is that ten thousand dollars is more than just ten thousand dollars. Oh, in that day. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars was probably like a hundred thousand dollars to them. Yeah, but it was symbolic. Like the whole thing of having that insurance money, it is so profound and more than just symbolic. It means a way out. Exactly for Ruth, it means a way out of the rat trap, Mm -hmm. a way for her to have her baby and keep her baby. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a way for Walter to lead his family, to take care of his family. Mm -hmm. For Lena, it's a way for her grandson, Travis, who she loves so much, (laughs) to have room and for her whole family to thrive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really see any kind of selfishness in Lena's thinking about the money. And Mm -hmm. she really kind of just hates it because it only represents her husband is dead. Mm -hmm. So that is... That's a very like heartbreaking thing for her, but mm-hmm. she's like, we're going to use it and we're going to do it right. And right. then Benita, it means that she can go to college, right. continue her education and become a doctor. Right. So, and then Travis, he's a baby. Yeah. He so, doesn't know. He just, he just knows that every, all these adults in his house are going crazy. <laughs> it's like, what, what? And I think from 
um, Lena's perspective about the money, mm -hmm. you know, how it's her husband, it mm -hmm. represents her husband, mm -hmm. and all this has caused a demise. Yeah. Broken, like between mm -hmm. her daughter, mm -hmm. breakdown in her daughter's faith, mm -hmm. you know, breakdown in Ruth's faith to, mm -hmm. to take a life. Yeah. Breakdown yeah. in Walter Reed's morality. I mean, he was yeah. going to the club, probably drinking. staying out, drinking, mm -hmm. and probably other stuff. Well, you yeah, know, she, she asked thinking, him, is there another woman? Yeah. And he's like, why has it got to be another woman? <laughs> right. like, I just want to be alone. <laughs> right. I got to have peace in my house. I got to be by myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I don't need your nagging mama. <laughs> <How's that? laughs> I know. Don't we love Sydney? Wait, wait a minute. Love Sydney. That was a great one. It was. Yeah. It was. But what? all about money, the love of money. Yes. And they, they equated that money to mm -hmm. their dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, so I get this way. money and it's no different from today. Mm hmm. I got to have money mm -hmm. in order to become whatever you want to put in it. Mm -hmm. So if I can make that money, make mm -hmm. that dollar, mm -hmm. I could do this. Mm -hmm. I could, and you leave your own, um, your own source mm -hmm. when you go after money right. like that. Mm -hmm. And Lena wasn't willing to do that. And mm -hmm. to see her kids go down that Going, road, yeah. she was like, yeah. I hate this. Yeah. You know, I look at what it's done to. She said, I don't even know them anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't say what has become of you. Mm -hmm. I thought I was raising the next generation mm -hmm. to, you know, to come thrive after and me prosper. And, yeah. But look, what are you mm -hmm. doing? You mm -hmm. going after. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's no different from today. Mm -hmm. How we can lose perspective mm -hmm. when we chase after money. Mm -hmm. You know, not to say the dream is back because right. being a doctor is awesome. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Being a businessman, mm -mm. it's nothing wrong with that. Right. But it's if you're going to go after that mm -hmm. and lose who you are, that's that tells a lot about you. Yeah. And it's if not God is it. not the center of it, what are you doing? It has no value. No. Mm -hmm. So th that's why I love this movie mm -hmm. so much. It has so many different... Uh, Passes, yeah. Right? yeah, and it's mm -hmm. like this is reality, mm -hmm. real Relatable. life. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's different dimensions, like age group, classes, and all that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I love this movie because mm -hmm. it, it could be a white family. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a black yeah. family. It could be a Hispanic family. It can translate to anyone. Yeah, I think any culture, any country, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. they can relate. Somebody somewhere mm -hmm. has had this moment, right? But, but it happens to be. You know, portrayed right. by this specific family at a specific time, right? In a specific ethnicity, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's why it's so powerful. It is, and I think I remember when I was looking this up, they said the play has been translated into I think Chinese. Um, I think it it is they've done this film or done the play in different nations and stuff. So the story is relatable. It is, it can um, traverse other cultures because it, it was able to go out into other, yeah, which is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. which you kind of lose some of the context when you do that, to be yeah, honest. Like, yeah. But mm, it's 1960s black people working class. But if you, you could kind of arrange that, it would change the story, mm -hmm. the original story for sure. Mm -hmm. But you can kind of adapt it to another person's culture and it still be relatable. Mm -hmm. So for sure. Mm -hmm.
So you recently rewatched the movie to just refresh your memory on what the movie is, what happens in the movie and stuff. Is there anything that stood out to you this time out of the million times that you've watched it um, that you thought was interesting? I guess from the standpoint where uh, Benita's new boyfriend from mm-hmm. Africa mm-hmm. and his perspective on Americanized black women mm-hmm. and he's going to come and rescue her mm-hmm. and take them back to his country where the waters are cool, the mm-hmm. skies are all Blue of this. And yeah. Poetic. And- yeah. And she will be a queen and mm-hmm. all of this mm-hmm. and to where she wasn't having that. Right. She was like, uh, no, mm-hmm. I could be my own woman. I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not going to fit into your little mold. Mm-hmm. And he just laughs like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh, right. Yeah. Right. So I think just look at that at, at that again and how she was like, mm-hmm. you know, she had an idea what who she is. Mm-hmm. But this cool looking dude from another country mm-hmm. where he is black. Mm hmm. But he see a different perspective He's a of different, woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was, that right there was a little different for me. I never mm-hmm. thought about how him coming from Africa mm-hmm. and taking a Afro-American girl, mm-hmm. Americanized, where he saw uh, assimilated Yeah. And that woman. was like fire. She was like, I am not an assimilationist. <laughs> like, she's like. Which is insulting yeah, for anyone. Very like, much so. What? Yeah, so, yeah, I think that was uh, that was interesting there. Mm-hmm. But he still wanted her. Mm-hmm. He saw her value, mm-hmm. you know, and um, completely different perspective. Totally being different. Being around the same age, he may have been a little bit older, but being a man, being from Africa, and mm-hmm. his when you think about it, his role as an African man, being educated here in America and his responsibilities versus Walter's, how differently their lives were. He's being educated. Walter probably didn't get any more than eighth grade, sixth grade maybe. Mm -hmm. And how very different that is. Mm -hmm. But his goal for for his family, and they have the same goals. I think they have similar values. Mm -hmm. But he was thinking like, oh, you'll be my wife. You'll, you know, you'll, you're going to have, we're going to have a bunch of kids and we're just going to live the life that I have back home. Mm-hmm. And then Walter is like, I, I don't care what you do. I'm just trying to get money, have something to give to my family, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. And it turns out, like you said, he does care mm-hmm. that um, his sister does become a doctor. Mm-hmm. And even though he was totally trashing her for it in the beginning, and being evil about it, mm-hmm. he actually did see that she mm-hmm. was intelligent. She had something going for her, mm-hmm. and she could do it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably something. And when you think about Benita, the fact that she even had the mindset to try for that is probably how their parents raised them. Mm-hmm. They didn't condescend or say, you can't go for those dreams because you're a girl. Or being a black woman. They probably didn't do that because she was full on, you know, full steam ahead. And the only person who was talking down about it was... Now, we don't know Walter Lee Sr. because he had passed away already. Mm -hmm. But the brother is the only person who doubted it or Mm -hmm. even vocalized that. But everybody else was on board. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just the dynamics of like how different everything is person to person. Mm-hmm. And it's so many different types of black in that movie is crazy. Mm-hmm. D- different generations, Lena's generation, mm-hmm. Walter and Ruth's generation, um, Benita's generation, and then Travis. There's mm-hmm. four different generations. Mm-hmm. And then the different classes or cultures. You have the African, you have mm-hmm. the... Um, the culture of the older, the Lena being much older than everyone, mm-hmm. um, beneath the going to school, the educated culture, mm-hmm. and then her rich boyfriend mm-hmm. uh, who was no good, but just very, he he was a coward. He was wimpy. He he assimilated. Yeah. I mean, he was very like yeah. schoolboy, you know, Didn't trying to stir it. anything, just went with everything. And mm-hmm. not to say that his that those people who were like him weren't of value or helping, you know, break barriers or anything, but mm-hmm. he just compared to what they wanted. He was more personable, I guess, mm-hmm. versus everyone else who was like, yeah, I have dreams. This is what I want. And mm-hmm. it's okay for me to recognize that I am black and it's, that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And he was more like, I have money. I don't worry about it. I, right. I have something. I'm not worried about that you guys are poor and that right. you guys can't get anywhere. He was afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Him and I think Walter. he was indifferent. Yeah, yeah. I think he was very indifferent and intimidated too. by Walter. Oh yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he was like insulting him <laughs> like, as a man. Mm-hmm. Like it was butting heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. But because uh, Walter had dreams, he had aspirations. Mm-hmm. He said, "Man, don't you feel like there's ants around you? Yeah, you know, nothing but ants. And don't you want to get something out of life?" Mm-hmm. And he's like looking at him like. What, you what know, are you talking about? I'm already, my family's I already established. I, what do I, and I'm he's going like, to school. Yeah. Nothing. You know, he didn't get it. And mm-hmm. so Walter had this pressing, um, like a was, volcano. Yeah. It's like, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Or Not, I can't go on. Right. Like I, I have, have to. to, or else because my dad is already gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm the mm-hmm. one that have to pick up. You know, the baton for the family. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do something, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen to my family? Mm-hmm. And because I want to be like those rich white boys. They're making those in the cool diners, <laughs> making deals, making deals. Right. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, right. I said, Mama, I, I, got, I, I got ideas. I got things I want to do. And he's like, Well, son, you, you're good looking man. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> And he's like, money. Or right. What did he say? And she said, why are you always talking about money? He said, because it's life. Right. And that was like, she was like, oh, that offended her. Right. She said, I thought, I thought, you know, being alive and making it, you know, to the north was life. I thought. Yeah, not getting lynched. You she know, said, and yeah. I, so her perspective and what he's talking about, but she's Completely a female different. too. Mm-hmm. She didn't have the burden mm-hmm. to provide mm-hmm. for. So you're talking about roles too. Mm-hmm. But her being a matriarch of the family, mm-hmm. you know, her role was different from mm-hmm. her son, mm-hmm. who would actually take over. As you mm-hmm. see beautifully at the end, I know where she was like, <laughs> "Didn't you hear the man? My son." Oh wait, I don't want to give it away, know, but that was like crazy. crazy. I know it's, it's like the rainbow after the storm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it was beautiful to who mm-hmm. you know to how the writer included that in there, how mm-hmm. she released mm-hmm. her 
hold on and say, look, you go ahead and be the man of this family. Mm-hmm. You take mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. You make the decisions. Mm-hmm. It's all on you. Mm-hmm. I trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it had to be, you know, they had to go through that trial mm-hmm. in order for her to see that her son mm-hmm. did have the best intent, mm-hmm. even though, you know, it didn't pan out. Right. But he does have the best intent for his family. Yeah, yeah. Even though he was going the wrong Mm-hmm. Because she was like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to be on my ledger. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I relate to that. I'm like, oh, don't say I did it. Mm-hmm. I, Lord, no. no. No, no, I did not. I did not. Yep. Um, and I think uh, I like, because rewatching it again, so I would have a refreshed memory of what happened in the movie. Um, the part where Asagai the African tells the sister after they're all crying and every they've been let down because um, the money wasn't spent how it should have or mm-hmm. what they had planned for. Mm-hmm. Um, she's upset. She's, you know, feeling down and she's given up. She's in despair. And he says, well, why is it that all of you guys are, how, how did it get to be to this point where all of you, all of your dreams and everything that you ever wanted was based on a check of $10,000. Right. He said, "What is he said? If a man hadn't died, you wouldn't even have this mm-hmm. this burden. You wouldn't even have this feeling right now, mm-hmm. all because a man had died." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I don't see that." He said, "Do you not see what your mom tried to do for your exactly. brother? What, you, what she tried to do for the family?" Mm-hmm. She's like, "How?" And she's like, "Well, my brother's an idiot. He's a fool. How could you say that? You don't know him like I know him. Right. He's a and he's like no 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 and he's an outsider. Right. He's only been to that apartment like right. maybe twice in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how the outsider was able to see real Great quickly, mm-hmm. especially because well not just because he's educated, but I think in how he was raised and how he talks. Being from a different country, yeah, the and, values, yeah, like how yeah. obviously coming from where. Did he say that he was from Nigeria? Nigeria, mm-hmm. Nigeria. What the values and customs, which they have a lot in common mm-hmm. with how we, what things that we want for mm-hmm. our families, but the culture and stuff isn't as affluent as American culture, right? right. In general, not right. saying that there isn't any wealth right. or nothing, right. but it's very different. Mm-hmm. So him seeing that is pretty astounding for someone who coming from a different world. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, dang, he, mm-hmm. he scored everything before he even got to know her that much. Mm-hmm. He just was like, look, this mm-hmm. is what your mom tried to do. Mm-hmm. She's like, what? Right. And then he was like, you should marry me. <laughs> right. She was right. like, what? Your mom's a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, what? Like, girl, you don't see that, but that's true. Mm-hmm. How some people can, it's always better when you're in something to have a different perspective. Yes. Somebody that's outside, outside. of mm-hmm. where, where you're at and they can shed light. And I think that's in any situation, mm-hmm. in any relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I never thought Didn't of it before that like mm-hmm. that, you know. So mm-hmm. the dream still existed even before their dad passed away. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so the money would just make it possible. Mm-hmm. But if the money wasn't there, I'm sure they could still mm-hmm. aspire and achieve those dreams mm-hmm. that they still desired, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what you hope for the family mm-hmm. in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
So you were born in 1968. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you can. Tell me what you know. I mean, you were just a baby. But how would you describe that era or growing mm-hmm. up at living through that time, actually? And there was a lot going on. So what what is your perspective on being a black person in the in the 1960s, even though you were like a baby? Yeah, I have no real like recollection uh, only in my teenage years, but just historically, that mm-hmm. it was a very tumultuous time mm-hmm. for blacks mm-hmm. all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the riots that was in Detroit, you mm-hmm. know, around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, the president was assassinated. Mm-hmm. You know, all these racial wars going on. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So when you look at what a person comes through, mm-hmm. like the mom would say, until you walk in that person's shoes, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so me not knowing that all that has happened, being a young child, mm-hmm. all I know is my parents was taking care of me. Mm-hmm. I had food to eat. I was kind of oblivious. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened to my dad where... um Racially, you know, something happened that I remembered, mm-hmm. but I remember them telling us stories. Mm-hmm. My mom would tell us stories, you know, about her and her, you know, and my dad. They would get in fights because people called my dad was very dark skinned. Mm-hmm. So if somebody said something about him, you mm-hmm. know, he would be in a fight. Mm-hmm. And my mom, too, she's very light skinned. And so mm-hmm. people in that day, high yellow. Mm-hmm. Somebody called her that. Mm-hmm. She said she see red and she just. Go after. Yep. So, you know, they face that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it to that extent. Mm -hmm. Somebody call me, you know, a name outside of my name. Mm -hmm. You know, I just kind of like, what, you know. Yeah, just blow them off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're just ignorant, you Mm -hmm. know. But one time we had this lady down the street. Mm -hmm. We met her for the first time. We, Me and a friend and Marlo, we was walking down the street. And she said, hey, girls. And she was a white, older lady Mm -hmm. with red hair. Mm -hmm. And she said, would you go to the store for me? Mm -hmm. And we didn't think nothing of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we went home. We was telling our dad, you know, we going to the store for this lady down the street. Mm -hmm. And he was like, who is she? I said, just an older lady. She can't get out. So we went down to get some cigarettes. At that time, you can get cigarettes for any adult. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he said, what did she call you? He said, girls. Hmm. And we was like, we are girls, mm-hmm. you know. So it didn't register to me. But then later, she would say, you are my girls. Hmm. And we told my dad that. And he was like, Not having it. he's mm-hmm. like, um, I need to tell you something. He was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. we didn't have no idea. She mm-hmm. was, but we didn't feel that way around her. We mm-hmm. didn't feel inferior or... Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't condescending, mm-hmm. but she. But you did not know. No, that. it was like maybe an undertone that I did. Yeah, we were clueless. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. We mm-hmm. were clueless, mm-hmm. but from what he experienced, and yeah. he was trying to school us on. Look, mm-hmm. you are not her girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something that's portrayed to black people. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, like as like a service status. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I'm, we were like. We, we still didn't get it. We continue. So yeah. with their permission, we would continue to go down there yeah. and visit with her. Yeah. She would give us ice cream and mm-hmm. candies. We mm-hmm. just sat with her hour, just yeah. talk, talk, talk. Mm-hmm. We just like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But it, it made me think, 
why would my dad say that? Right. I never, yeah. you know, so that kind of opened my eyes to something, you know, if something you never seen before until somebody pointed out and right. you're like, then you're constantly, you're looking for anywhere else. You're like, yeah, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that yeah. for me was like kind of one of those mind blowing moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eye opening thing that mm-hmm. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. And it's weird because the lady was good to you. And yeah. She, had no ill no treatment, other motives that you knew of, Mm-mm. but to your father, he was like, um, "This isn't good. Mm-hmm. This is based on what he has experienced." Mm-hmm. So, that's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, but he allowed us to continue to visit with him. Yeah, because so. it was a good thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were still good people. <laughs> So what do you think about the whole situation when they have the money? So the plan is the mother, Lena, Lena, um, put a down payment on a house. And everyone is like, wow, you got a house. Oh, it's amazing. But she tells them where and we know where she decided to put a down payment on a house. And this was actually in a white neighborhood. And for those who don't know, in the 60s, um, there were white neighborhoods and there were colored neighborhoods. And you did not move into white neighborhoods if you were colored. That it, Legally, there were ways to <laughs> prevent black people from buying homes, um, and we'll get into that later, but to purchase a home in a white neighborhood. So she was able to do that, but she reluctantly tells the family, and then drama ensues. So, what do you think about that part of the movie, Mom? I think Lena was a um, high hopes. Yes, she she had high high hopes. hopes. (laughs) She had high hopes. And she was, um, what do you call a groundbreaking person? Mm -hmm. Because how daring she was. How, like, out of the box that Mm -hmm. was for her Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And did not get counsel from her kids to ask nope. them anything. She's didn't like, ask. you know what? You think about her own dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from the South, mm-hmm. her and her husband mm-hmm. doing better mm-hmm. for, you know, themselves. Now her husband passed away. Mm-hmm. Now she has the ability to do something huge for her family. Mm-hmm. You know how groundbreaking that was for her to do that? Yeah. So she is like the epitome mm-hmm. of hope. Mm-hmm. The epitome of going beyond the race, going mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. a woman's status, mm-hmm. even in that day, to right. financially make decisions. Right. Women didn't have the ability mm-hmm. unless they, you know, no, normally black women didn't have money mm-hmm. unless they family had money and yeah. stuff. But for so, her to do that, to mm-hmm. put money down mm-hmm. on a house, didn't console her her son, Mm-mm. her daughter, her her in nothing. Mm-hmm. It just shows how out of the box she thought. Mm-hmm. She wasn't ignorant of the time she was in. Right. She knew that black folks weren't, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. weren't going to be accepted. But mm-hmm. look at the hope she still mm-hmm. had. She didn't give it a second thought. It's almost like, it's it's almost she planned it before. Right. She never mentioned it when Mm-mm. they were talking about the money coming in the mail, Mm-mm. which is crazy. She was just like, oh, you know this money i'm going to use it for this family right right and she's probably been planning scheming the whole, the whole time, time. <laughs> the whole like, time. yeah i'm like 
I, I got an eye on a house. Yeah. I've seen it. It's right. been on sale. Right. Mm. So that to me is like, man, she she is the epitome of mm-hmm. like doing something even greater than what Walter Lee was doing. Right. Even greater than what her daughter wanted to do. Right. Because it was to symbolize something for their family. Mm-hmm. To, okay, we black people, mm-hmm. we can live anywhere mm-hmm. we want to live. Right. She wasn't put in barriers. In a box, yeah. You know, she was like, we can live in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. My husband paid for that. Yes, exactly. Paid for that with his yeah. flesh. Yep. So how dare somebody come right. here and tell me where I can't yeah. live. Even, my, yeah. Like, you not going to happen. So her dream was huge. Mm-hmm. It was beyond. Mm-hmm. And it encompassed what her son wanted to do mm-hmm. and All what her daughter dreams. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought I mostly relate to her because mm-hmm. it's like she just lives so outside of the parameters yeah. of just a black woman, mm-hmm. a woman, mm-hmm. and then uh, probably a low educated woman. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I just love her, her mm-hmm. spirit, mm-hmm. just to even thrive beyond mm-hmm. that. It's, exactly. You know, and, um, and how dare Mr. Well, I don't understand you people. <laughs> you, people. <laughs> you know, he come in there. What was his name? I can't remember. I would name. have to look. Uh, uh, 12 Angry Man. I just They were like, call him up. Uh, he's a good character actor. Yeah, he is. But he's always a very timid and quiet, yeah. small man. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And mm-hmm. he made it all seem so nice at mm-hmm. first when he came. He said, oh, yeah, we'll be welcome. You know, we yeah. got a welcome We're committee. the welcoming committee. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. How deceptive that mm-hmm. was. So explain exactly what, what, how did that, how, what exactly are we talking about? What okay, happened this, this, when Lena buys the house? She puts a down payment on the house. Right. But what happens after that? Well, the welcoming committee, I guess they find out that mm-hmm. she put the money on. Mm-hmm. This white guy that represents the neighborhood comes mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and let them know, hey, look, we, we're here to welcome committee, mm-hmm. but, um, we're going to offer you something because we think you should stay in, you know, mm-hmm. blacks should stay with blacks, mm-hmm. whites should stay with mm-hmm. whites. I mean, mm-hmm. you can understand that being yeah. an older woman. Yeah. You know we how have things values. go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got your own, we got our own. Mm-hmm. So look, this is how we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I give you such and such money and give you more than what you paid. Exactly. For the down payment. And y'all so can go can, where you want. Yeah. But just don't just come to this here. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You're not welcome. Mm-hmm. And so. He does it, and she Lena's not even there. No, she was the one who did it, but he presents that because uh, she was out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened, but she Benita was out. Benita and uh, and Ruth, uh, Ruth and Walter mm-hmm. were all there when uh, he talks. He comes up, and he's very nice and amenable. He's like, right. Oh, we believe in we have values, and we think that should be upheld amongst all things. And we, I'm surprised he got out of there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in this day, he wouldn't have got out. I know. Like, what? down the stairs. Yeah, pots and pans falling down the stairs. Yeah, it it was crazy. He was talking a lot of Benita said brotherhood, and he was like, "We like diversity. We think that people should be." You know, have be recognized for what they're, you know, for true value and all that stuff. Talking a lot of stuff. Right, right. And it was empty words. Exactly. Because he's like, you got, he's basically saying, you're not welcome. Exactly. You're and not welcome. We're going to give you the With money. Don't ever come down here. Mm-hmm. Don't come down here. And when they said, take yourself out of here. And me putting it politely. Right, right. Walter, you like, get the step in. But then when things change, mm-hmm. Walter lost the money. He's mm-hmm. like, yep. like he he's looking around. He had that card. That guy will like, offer more money. Mm-hmm. I can get that money. 
He's like, money will be the answer to my problem Again. with my money. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah. And Walter, what are you going to do? <laughs> we going to put on a play for he this said, we're dude. we're going to put on a show. You know, we're yeah. going to show this man, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like. Made he, it even worse. It was like did. putting salt in the wound. He did. Mm-hmm. But still, how dare he come mm-hmm. and do that to the family. And say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought that was, even in today. Mm-hmm. You know, you could put all the flowery words, but hatred is still hatred. Yes, at the yeah. root of it, no mm-hmm. matter how sweet you try to sound, yeah. and all, you can be hate is still hate. Wonderful rhetoric and mm-hmm. dance around it, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. It was hatred. Mm-hmm. Didn't want them people there. Mm-hmm. So, um, So tell me about Sydney Poitier. Oh, I love, love Sydney Poitier. <laughs> <laughs> he is just, oh my gosh, epic. Mm-hmm. Just epic. And no matter what film he plays in, mm-hmm. he plays the part. He carries that. Right. I mean, he embodies the character. Mm-hmm. Like you like, like I said, it's like peering into somebody's window Mm -hmm. and seeing what's going on. He's just, he's trying to be that man for the family, Mm -hmm. trying to make a decision that would impact the family's benefit Mm -hmm. in his thinking. He's Mm -hmm. trying to be the man like his dad want him to be, Mm -hmm. but his lame brain idea going into business with a doing booze. Yeah. It's not so bright, but he's a young man. Mm Mm-hmm. But he has a family he has to take care of. That's Mm -hmm. on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. He got his mama that he's trying to please, Mm -hmm. you know. And he can care less if his sister go to school or not. Mm -hmm. It's not a big thing that it seems in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But it pans out he does care that she Mm -hmm. goes and be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So he is just phenomenal, Mm -hmm. no matter what role he's playing. Mm -hmm. But I just think in this movie he becomes the man Mm -hmm. that his mom always seen him to be. Mm -hmm. And that had to be tested. Mm-hmm. And it was tested. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sydney is just hands down mm-hmm. like the goat of yeah. everything. <laughs> you said goat. Oh, my gosh. He is. Yeah. Well, I, I'd i agree because I think this movie, out of all of them, and I'm, I don't believe I've seen every one of his movies, but I think this movie is shows from the beginning. Because I thought he should have got the Oscar for this oh, role. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Lilies of the Field is great, but this movie, he's more dynamic and he's mm-hmm. more layered. Mm-hmm. And like a like a real person is, like you said, mm-hmm. he portrays that character, but you almost can't, you can't, inv- I at least I cannot see Walter Lee Jr. Mm-hmm. It, as anyone else. No. Like, I can't believe they came out with the recent one it, with P. Diddy. <laughs> that was like, Sacrilege, sacrilege, because there's no one else who can portray that role. No, I'm like Sidney Poitier is. Oh, he is Walter Lee Jr. Yeah, he is. And 
I'm like, he made him a real person. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you saw him on the street, like, yeah, that's Walter Lee. Yeah, that's He kind of crazy. Right, right. Like, Where your friend Willie? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh you my, found like, Willie yet? You need to leave him alone. <laughs> just, yeah. Just don't call him back. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he is, his role in just every, even in, I don't know. It's like, how did he know how to become that just shows he has excellent skill. Mm-hmm. He really is mm-hmm. an actor, mm-hmm. true to form. Because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else who can do that. I mean, at so many levels, to be the mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. to be the, the brother, son, the, the brother, the, yeah, yeah, the friend, all mm-hmm. of that was portrayed in mm-hmm. that character mm-hmm. when he was first looking excited for that money to yeah. come and yeah. then excited for the new adventure. And then when it went down the drain, you saw... I mean, yeah. you just see the multi layers mm-hmm. of his highs and the lows mm-hmm. of that a normal person will go mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. and it's like he portrayed that like nobody else. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you thought it was really Walter Lee. If yeah. I saw him again, I'm like, hey, Walter, I'm sorry. Well, about... I don't know him as anybody else. Yeah, I'm sorry about your <laughs> loss, man. I can't Here's... remember his name in Defiant Ones, um, except for Colored. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. Mm-hmm. But he had a name in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and more about the character, so we clarify. He's like 34, 35 mm-hmm. in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person he's portraying is that age, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there is... Um, he plays a chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So at that time, in the 60s, um, for black men in Chicago, which we've discussed already, um, there weren't too many opportunities to be a CEO or Mm-mm. have a upper level level job where you're not um you're out of the working class. That mm-hmm. was very rare, mm-hmm. very rare. Mm-hmm. So being a chauffeur was common, but he didn't he had aspirations to be yes, better did. than that, mm-hmm. which anybody does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a real person, mm-hmm. a human being. So, um <laughs> So, it it made a lot of sense to see the the agony or the turmoil within his own character and what he wanted for his family. It's is he had so many limits. It was impossible and that's mm-hmm. why he was drinking, he was maybe gambling and he was hanging out with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Not to say it was right for him to go that way just to get ahead, mm-hmm. but it made sense. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah. Mm-hmm. So, say you meet somebody for the first time and you mention this movie and they tell you, I've never seen A Raisin in the Sun. What would you tell them to convince them to see the movie? I would just say, um, you gotta watch it because it will take you, I guess, to the core of who you are, your own family, issues mm-hmm. and stuff and make mm-hmm. you reflect on what's important mm-hmm. what's your values mm-hmm. and just to see the um, the outflow of what happens in the end mm-hmm. there's a silver lining mm-hmm. you know so you should see it because you will be able to see yourself in the midst of mm-hmm. this you know these characters will make you think mm-hmm. about what you're thinking about mm-hmm. whether it be spiritual mm-hmm. whether it be relational mm-hmm. Uh, financial mm-hmm. it has to do with all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say. 
-hmm. please watch it because mm -hmm. I think you're missing a jewel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Watch it because it will be a jewel in your uh, movie collection. Mm -hmm. So that's why I keep The Raising of the Sun. It's a jewel to me. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? Harlem written in 1951 by Langston Hughes. Thank you for listening to Devotion. I am your host, Cora Blair, and this is a podcast where I get to share with you all things classic film and things that I love. Shout out to my mom for joining me in this episode. This was a lot of fun to record, and I'm glad that we got to capture this conversation um, and put it out here like this. It's actually, um, me and my mom talk all the time, but to get this conversation on a film that we both love was is pretty meaningful for me so thank you for that if you enjoyed this content go ahead and give this show a rating or a comment on itunes or whatever streaming platform that you're using that is all for today i will catch you next time right here on devotion